Welcome to Not True But Useful, a podcast from Cheek by Jowl. My name is Lucy Dawkins, and in these episodes I've been chatting to the company's artistic directors, Declan Donnellan and Nicole Maraud, about their work in the theatre. So, hello Declan. Hello Lucy. So, we've sat down again today to answer some questions from listeners to the podcast. We've got a really great question today from Dave Burnett, and he's asking about the relationship between spontaneity and continuity. I think this is a really good question. It's such a tricky thing for an actor. So he said, especially when he's filming, he's found that the tension between these two things sometimes really difficult to manage. For example, feeling struck by something new in the moment and then picking up a prop or a glass of wine at the wrong time. And I think this applies to theatre as well. So how can you serve for example, structured choreography that's arisen from previous choices in rehearsals. So how can you hit marks that have worked well before while not being untruthfully tethered to them? I think this is a really great question about the nature of rehearsing. What do you need to fix and keep repeating and needs to be the same each time? And what needs to change? And how do you keep fresh the thing that you do need to repeat? There are two questions there. One is, what is it that you need to fix? What needs to be the same every night? Um, my advice always is you need as few rules as possible, but they need to be good ones. In other words, you need as few fixed points as possible, but they need to be very important ones. So the more that's unfixed, the better. But the actors obviously do need anchors to get them through the evening. That's definitely true. But the second part of the question about spontaneity is the central question of theatre. And I suspect also it's a central question of life itself, actually. Take a big guess, there's no easy answer. Anybody selling you a simple answer to the question, I'd give a wide berth to, because there's no simple answer to how to do that. It is the actual central problem. And I'm completely familiar with the problem. I mean, I have to face it every day when I give notes after the show, trying to rediscover the way in which something might be brought into spontaneous life. That's my job, basically. That's the centre of what I try to do with the actors. Well, I can give you some guidance that has proved useful for me. That would be great. How do you help actors do this? Well, no, the first thing is, what do I not do? Okay. Because I'm always taking away things. I'm always doing the negative. I think it's one of the most repeated phrases in this podcast. It's not about what you give Mm. in rehearsal, it's what, what you take away. And what I want to take away from you is any sensation whatsoever that you might find the spark of spontaneity deep within yourself. Don't do it. It won't work. Spontaneity is not an inner ownable state. Spontaneity is entirely to do with your relationship with something on the outside. So it could be the clock in the corner of the room. It could be the person who's just said they're leaving you. It could be your own fear that's gripping your soul. But always it's about you in relation to something else. There is no inner spontaneous spark. Now, I've seen people so often punish themselves because they're trying to find this inner spontaneous spark. When they talk about it, they'll use words like truthful. I mean, please don't open that door. I mean, if you want to, then do so. I can't stop you. But you'll end up suffering if you do that. You'll beat yourself up. What you need to do is to not distract yourself with what's going on inside you. Forget all that. Just try to see outside you. Now, the problem is, I've already put you wrong because I've used the word try. Because as soon as you try to do something, you end up concentrating. And when you end up concentrating, you end up killing yourself, basically, because you become self-referential. The important thing is that you pay attention to the thing that's outside you. Now, 
everything that's outside you is continually changing. That's just a fact of life. But very often we don't see that. We don't see that something's surprising. But it's not the problem of the outside world. The problem is that we have closed something down inside ourselves. We do this for the best reasons. We do this to hibernate ourselves. We do this to make ourselves safe. I think it might be useful for us to just stop for a second and talk about this word hibernation. Yeah. It's a word that pops up quite a lot in our conversations. Yeah. And just to recap what I think you mean by it, yeah. um, is it the idea that the world is very chaotic, the space around us tends to actually be very dangerous and difficult to manage, and we as humans like to put in place all sorts of little pieces of self-deception, barriers in our minds that help us to convince ourselves that the space is stable, that we're all fine and that we're all in control, which is a lie. We're never in control, right? And this is what you call hibernation, right? This process of self-anesthetizing ourselves to feel like we are safe. Yes, exactly. And that's to do with a lot with our feelings, because sometimes our feelings are very dangerous, and we have to close them down. And, you know, Freud said, when we're little children, we have so many murderous feelings. That's one of the reasons why we have no memories before the age of four, or very, very few, because they've been so suffocated by us, because we're so horrified by the fact that we might destroy the world. We get so angry when we're little children, because the world does not do what we want. The problem is that we convince ourselves when we're older that we're now okay with the fact that the world doesn't do what we want. And I don't think that's quite right. So are you suggesting that one of the reasons why it's actually really difficult for the actor to be spontaneous is because we're naturally hibernating all the time? We don't want to let ourselves see how dangerous the space is and how spontaneously we need to react um, against it because it's really uncomfortable to actually see that. And it's uncomfortable to let your character see that. It makes you instinctively feel... Uh, out of control. Yes, and to put it more simply, the actor says, you know, I want to be spontaneous, how can I be more spontaneous? And my answer to that is, you can't be more spontaneous. What you can do is stop yourself repressing it, stop yourself taking your spontaneity away from yourself, because that's what we all do all the time. There is a problem with spontaneity in the world that's very deep and we all sort of know it somewhere and it's not new it starts at the beginning of civilization it starts from as soon as thou shalt not kill yeah but i want to kill but thou shalt not kill yeah but i want to so imagine that you don't want to and we have such policed imaginations it's very difficult for us to know what we feel what am i saying practically to the actor that i didn't mean that to be quite such a homily but You have to see that you are spontaneous and you can't make yourself spontaneous. There's no extra ingredient that you can add that's going to bring out that spontaneity in you. So, for example, uh, he speaks about a film set. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things that hinders your capacity to be spontaneous is if you're either afraid or angry. These things take you away. So that means you actually can't see it because you get yourself in the way your, your, your feelings come in the way of being able to help uh, to let you see what you need to see so you have to find a kind of way of dealing with your fear and your rage probably not by repressing them it's probably better to see them and know that you don't need to act on them we have to understand that it's a basic kind of given of our lives that we're always having our spontaneity removed from ourselves we all dread the moment of madness that could undo everything and we keep it well well under wraps so under wraps that we don't see it anymore I mean, when the actor says to me, you know, how can I be more spontaneous? I completely understand it. I completely feel for that predicament. God, you know, I'd like my work to be spontaneous too. But the problem is I need to get my own form out of the way of that, 
of the light. And I have to say, unfortunately, same thing to the actor as well, is that the only thing that's stopping you being spontaneous is you. Spontaneous is what we naturally are, but we curb it at an early age, you know, in case we murder people. But if you close down part of your spontaneity, uh, you'll tend to depress the whole lot. A talented actor is somebody who manages to call off that act of repression, that act of hibernation that they have for the rest of their lives, for the time of their performance. It's a question of not doing something. It's a switching off of an electric light, not the switching on of an electric light. The problem is that's very difficult to isolate and to do, and people would much prefer to be given something to do. Please just give us something simple to do, a simple technique, a simple thing to do. And no, it's something that you are doing that takes the spontaneity away from you. Now, I can I can try and help us do that but the first thing is that we actually understand the process on the whole we're on the right road but facing in the wrong direction that actually <laughs> your destination's behind you and and i can i totally understand the problem of why can't i be spontaneous and yes it is not only is it really difficult it's the central difficulty but we survive in our civilized socialized world by repressing ourselves, I'm afraid. I mean, part of civilization is repression because we are so full of violent thoughts because the world doesn't do what we want it to do. And that's why we go to see these plays like Oedipus, these extraordinary situations and predicaments of, of tremendous violence and repression and conflict because that's happening inside us. It's, yeah, it's th- those things are inside us, but they are repressed. And so there seems to be our first step which is acknowledge what's going on yes you're probably numbing yourself to yes. your own spontaneity yes the spontaneity is already there you're mm. just putting a massive roadblock in the in the way of it because mm. it's going to make you feel comfortable yeah in a way that will be completely instinctive we do that because it makes us feel safe and that's difficult to switch off yeah but then the next step is to go back and say look at the outside world and yeah. assume that it is surprising and changing all the time that when you see that wine glass it's gonna be Mm. new each time regardless of what you do and you just have to let yourself be open to that see it anew yes exactly every time you walk into the even a room you know well it's it's yes it's familiar but also it's it is slightly different particularly if there's a new person in it particularly if big events have happened and the whole space changes around us and we have to be alert to that when every day starts to look the same it's not the problem with the day it's the problem with you're closed down to change in case the change hurts you and what I also find really interesting about this question is I think it's actually also about another thing that we talk about, which is which is flow and yeah. the fact that you need the right creative ecosystem for flow to happen. And actually, that's not just about the actor. That's about everybody setting up that rehearsal room or that film set. You also need a director yeah. who doesn't want to block every half second that the actor is going to do. You direct in such a way where... As you said, there is as few anchors as possible for the actors to bounce off. So there is as much room as possible for their spontaneity, that they have room to make instinctive decisions. But that's not how all directors direct. And, you know, different horses for different courses. Yes. Everybody's creative process is different. But it can be, I think, pretty suffocating for an actor when you are being blocked to such a degree of, like, sit down on this word, pick up a glass on this line, because you're having a huge amount put on top of you that you then have to keep struggling to see in you every single time. It leaves less of a playing field for your instinct. Would you say that's true? 
sort of, except, you know, when you get a script by Shakespeare, you have to go tomorrow, and you've, you know, there are five words in tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and you can't just decide to say four one night because you feel like it. Yeah. I mean, you've got quite a lot of very specific things that you, <laughs> you just have to make happen, and the deal is that's the job. But what I would say to you, things that I hope are helpful, and that is you can't see the same thing twice. And if you say the same thing twice, it's because you're a bit hibernated. And all, all I can do in a rehearsal room is make the space as unthreatening as possible, which often means making it as dis very disciplined, so that very often if it's disciplined, it feels quite safe, and that people can feel somewhat playful, and that people don't feel too judged. I can do that, and I can encourage the actors to try and take care of... Of, of those feelings in themselves that get get in the way of what they're doing. But there, I did say a big thing earlier on, I, I just want to repeat it. Spontaneity's got nothing to do with you. The actor's got no business beating themselves because they're not spontaneous, because spontaneous is about your relationship with the outside world, and you're seeing the outside world that exists before you in time and space, and you have to relate to that. And our, your existence as an actor is purely relational. It's only to do with the relations you you have with the outside world. So there's quite an interesting question hidden inside Dave's question as well, yeah. which is about the fear of doing something instinctively and mm. it being wrong. For example, on a film set deciding, oh, I am going to pick up the wine glass in this moment and actually it's not what the director asked for and the shot's in the wrong place to catch it and acting on that instinct is actually not going to work for everything else that's set up. I mean, that's a really complicated question because... Is that the actor's responsibility? Is it the director's responsibility? How can you create an environment in which there's room for that kind of instinct, but you're also needing to hit the fixed stuff that you have to do? Oh, I can't possibly say everybody's very different. I mean, I know somebody who's, who says, you know, you normally get three takes, and she says, I'll do exactly what you want for the first two, but on the third, can I try something in another way? And, and normally they say yes, and occasionally they, they even use it. Um, so, I mean, that's like one. I'm not saying that's how to do it. And there's no, there's no book on it. I mean, I just say to directors out there that you have to use yourself and your common sense in the end. And every director is going to be very different, as every actor is going to be very different, as every human being is very different. I really think it's a good idea not to think anything's wrong. I understand if it's a film, there's a lot of money riding on us every minute, then it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult not to be frightened. And even if you're doing the most wonderful work, you still are going to have, have things that you have to hit. I mean, I'd advise you very much not to make a big change on stage without having tried it beforehand. Everything that you do on stage will be slightly different every night. It's like looking at the wings of an aeroplane. They, they have to move, otherwise the plane's going to fall out of the sky. So it has to be different every night. You don't have to make it different. It's going to be different whether you like it or not. So you have to observe that. I, I'd very much recommend against thinking, oh, I've had this idea, I'm going to try this tonight. I think it's much better if you allow changes to happen organically. It's very difficult to explain what I mean by that, but to come in with an idea is um, often rather artificial. And certainly if you are going to try out some new idea, you ought to do it beforehand. However, it is going to change slightly every night, and that's fine. And that's part of my job. I have to see the play regularly and just very often encourage them in the, in the um, different changes that they're making. And it's interesting what you said. You know, you said the first thing is try not to feel like things are wrong try not to feel terrified of getting things wrong. Yes. And actually that's not just up to the actor. That is also up to an entire working environment where yes. you set up things never being wrong, yes. just some things being more alive than others. Yes. yes. And, and that's actually also about how an entire creative ecosystem is managed. So, you know, there's what the actor can attend to on their part of mm. that collaboration. But mm. actually it's 
about everybody helping the actor to do their best work, I yes, think. Yes, yes. So how would you, in when you step into a rehearsal room, yes. help actors, therefore, get out of the way of themselves to reduce some of those fears and those worries so that they are in a place where they can really play? Well, I'd set up exercises, I'd set up things for people to do so that the actor feels that I'm looking at the exercise rather than at the actor themselves. I mean, the awful thing is if the actor feels always under scrutiny. That's a really awful thing. Like me as a director, feeling I'm under scrutiny all the time. We have to be doing something together and trying to make the thing that we're doing together better rather than evaluating each other. That's really, really important. I've also noticed in cheek by jowl rehearsal rooms, we often just get quite silly very yes. early like yes. everybody walks into the room feels quite nervous yes. and within five minutes everyone's playing a yes. children's party game yeah. and actually that's quite a good way of everyone feeling like they're in the same boat right and that actually it's quite an open and free and creatively relaxed environment i guess i really think a lot of the problems at the beginning of rehearsal can be solved if you encourage the actors to breathe and move as soon as possible and to do anything other than sit on their asses on chairs around a table fretting over the script. I think that's absolutely terrible to me. Um, the most important thing is you start moving, you start with some sort of exercise, anything. You might start with games or whatever, but you keep everybody moving and breathing. The body has to come first and breathing and movement has to come before the words. Fantastic. So it seems to be returning to some of our old and favourite bits of advice, which is trust your body, try not to be afraid and get out of the way of yourself. But the really serious answer is that do not try to find the quality of spontaneity inside yourself because it doesn't exist. It's not an inner ownable function that you have. It's entirely with how you relate to things that are outside you. That's all I've ever got to say. And it's not easy. It's a lifetime's no, it's, work. And it's not easy because we have so many things built into us to stop us doing just that. But those things are the enemy. The, the horrible thing is to think, what, what can I do to bring this about? Could you sell me a technique? I'll pay any amount of money to you. You'll tell, sell me a technique as to how to be present. Well, actually, we can't really do that. You are present. You know, you need to find ways of uncovering the actual quality of presence that you're desperately trying to deny. But also, I think that's what makes this entire business so joyful to do as a career, because you're constantly grappling with this massive human mystery of why do we shut ourselves off like this? How can we be more alive? How can we put ourselves into this unstable process and discover anew each time? And actually... That's a wonderful thing to never solve because it means we're going to have work for a lifetime as theatre makers. Yeah, and we have to admit that there's no progress <laughs> and that we're just going to have to keep on starting work tomorrow. Thank you very much and I'll be joining you next week to answer more questions from listeners. Lucy, thank you very, very much. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more gems about theatre from Declan and Nick, You'll find many more seasons of the podcast on the Cheek by Jowl website or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you to Sergei Chekrashov, who composed this music for Cheek by Jowl's production of Three Sisters. Tune in next week for more. <laughs>